Are you curious about bodies, pleasure, and possibilities? And what about curious about what others are up to on the planet when it comes to pleasure, sex, and play? Have you considered what pleasure can do for your life, your body, and your bank account? Do you know something magical, delightful, and out of this world orgasmic is not only possible for you, but totally available to you? If you're ready to be the magical, sexual, sexy beast you know you can be, and you just need the tools to get there, you're in the right place. Now, here's the host of The Pleasure Zone, sensual movement artist, relationship and sex alchemist, Milica Yelenich. Welcome, my sweet pleasure seekers. We are in March 14th. I think there's like a special name for this day. It's like, it has something to do with like the month after Valentine and I can't remember it, but I do remember doing a show about it like five or six years ago specifically because this is a special day. So enjoy the specialness of today. It's I think a day that's celebrated by people who are not in couples or something like that. And for everyone, this show, it's called Steak and Blowjob Day, right? That's what it is. So welcome to Steak and Blowjob Day. Um, I did not have steak today, so um, I haven't had steak in years, but perhaps somebody will be getting a blowjob today. We'll see. It is Steak and Blowjob Day. So, however, I didn't, I didn't get like flowers on Valentine's Day, so I don't know. Like, how do I work with that? Like, is it fair? Is it even? Good times. So tonight we're going to be talking about a topic that seems to be one of your favorites. So for those of you who listen to the show regularly or you're new to it, but you keep finding this title from me, I have done a show about erotic and autoerotic asphyxiation before, and it's really popular. And there's always more information that I can be sharing about these things. So today I will be sharing some do's and don'ts. Um, I think you know, I shared some of that in the first the first episode that I did on this. This is not, I would say, a topic that I am like an expert in because it's not my uh, it's not my top kink in the world, but it is something that I feel is really there needs to be a lot of education about this because it's one of those kinks that could kill. So not all kinks will kill, and you know, some of them are pretty mild. Um, dressing up in different costumes and things pretty mild not the chances of being killed by them are pretty low but this um, this particular one asphyxiation what does that even mean uh, let's get into that because it's a pretty technical world when something is asphyxiated it's taking the breath away essentially it's like suffocating and so you can imagine that if this is something that you've never done before and you're curious about this is something that you need a few things uh, before you get started. You need some education. Um, the education comes in the form of different things. Education on what tools to use. Um, why do I say that is because some things that I sometimes think are logical are not always logical. So for example, if you've never played with erotic or erotic, autoerotic asphyxiation before, and the first thing you go and do is you get like a frayed wire to try and choke yourself, the chances are you'll kill yourself. We wanna look at tools that will work for this so that it is erotic and it's not murder. And we wanna look at the physiology of the throat and the breathing mechanisms we have in our body, how air is stopped. So for those of you who watch on video, you'll probably notice like if you touch 
So I'm touching some different parts of my throat and there are different parts. You can test this out on yourself. Just feel, just give a little pressure here and there and you'll start to notice where you will get less breath. It's not that you need to take an anatomy class, but you could, you could definitely take an anatomy class. I think anybody who's really looking to have uh, a totally different um, and totally unique kind of uh, experience when it comes to sex, anatomy is a great thing to know uh, just for knowing where parts are, where does the air, how does the air move? How does it come out? How do you, how do you actually do this? So there are different ways most asphyxiation is directed towards the nose and the throat area, although I do know that it's possible to take somebody's breath away too by punching them in the abdomen. You can also break their spleen doing that. There are some, there are some cautious things around that as well. So for today, what, I, what we're focusing on is all of the nose and the throat asphyxiation and the need for education, the need for communication and the need for consent. Consent's actually top notch. And we'll look at those do's and we're gonna look at some don'ts as well. For some of you who um, maybe are wondering like, why does this turn somebody on? You can go to my original show that I did. And I think I did talk on there about how when your brain is oxygen deprived, certain uh, hormones kick in, well, dopamine, uh, uh, things like serotonin, there are different uh, happy hormones that actually kick in as it's a strange survival mechanism that we have. So I know it sounds peculiar, <laughs> However, it is the peculiarities of physiology, which this is why this turns people on. Always there needs to be consent. So the safest asphyxiation is erotic asphyxiation because you're doing it with somebody else. Autoerotic asphyxiation means you're doing it to yourself. And I remember years ago watching, I think it was Oprah or... Geraldo or something. And I was probably in grade five at the time. And I just happened to get home when one of these shows was on. It was probably Oprah. And they were talking about autoerotic asphyxiation. Now, I don't remember that terminology from them. But what I remember is the stories of family members who had found their loved ones dead in a closet, hanging naked, um, Sometimes they might have just found them after the fact and, and found like evidence that they were masturbating naked and choking themselves at the same time by trying to hang from, from um, like a bar in their closet. And it is, it is really dangerous, right? So there are some, there are definitely some things that you can put in place for safety. So like I was saying first, consent. Consent is so important. Um, and the original show, if you'd like to listen to it, the air date was uh, January 11th, 2021. Uh, you can go back and find that. You can uh, search through my archives. So there's over 300 shows in there. So just making it a little easier for you. So you'll find that on my shows, I talk a lot about things like anatomy, consent, uh, education. I like all of these things. It's because it's what I do. What I do for a living is I work with people as a holistic health practitioner, a sex and intimacy coach, and 
I am really keen on education. I'm really keen on educating people about anatomy. I'm really keen on educating people about communication and learning how to be consensual. So we often don't even think about consent uh, in general. We don't think that there's a need to have these discussions. I know people who have ended up in situations who have been choked out of the blue with no request, with no discussion, that is not okay. That, that borders on, that is abuse because there's been no consent. So when you look at, um, when you look at those situations, if anybody's ever done that to you and there's been no consent, walk away from that person, they are abusive. They're not actually into erotic asphyxiation, they're into asphyxiation and control. And they're not into consensual control play. They're into being a jackass. All right, so let's just be clear on that. Walk away from those idiots. <laughs> there are men idiots like that. There are women idiots like that. There are people who identify differently gender-wise that are not non, they're non-binary gender identifications as well and all indications and identifications in between. It's kind of irrelevant uh, how you identify it. People will show up as idiots and that's not cool. So top three things for do's is education. So what do we need to do is know about the anatomy of the throat and the nose. And if you're holding somebody's nose here, like if you're holding their nose on both sides and they still have access to breathing through their mouth, they'll still feel a little bit safe. So there are ways to do this like you could get nose plugs you could use even you could use like things like nipple clamps on the nose you can you can cover the mouth with a gag you can cover the throat um, with different things so some of the standard things that you'll see in use that you might want to start with if you're starting this kind of play is anything that's going to be easily releasable or that you can cut really easily. Like I have found information on websites that say stuff like get a belt and get a this. And I'm thinking that actually makes no sense. So I'm gonna say that makes no sense. If you're reading this stuff that says get a belt, this is not an easy release mechanism. If somebody is choking and you're choking them with a belt and you cannot get that off in time, you will have committed murder. So you need safety mechanisms in place for this. If you're going to do this, you're going to want to use something that you can cut, right? So this is for beginner play. This is not sophisticated uh, that you can actually tell the breath of a person. And I don't know that anybody is that qualified uh, to be able to exactly tell when a person's right at their last moment of breathing and they can still live. Maybe there are. I just don't have a sense that there are. So I need, I need for all of you, whatever level of play you think you're at, be smart and be safe and have your tools for choking be something that's easily releasable or that you can cut off easily. So easily releasable would be your hands, right? Your hands are easily releasable by the person giving you communication, right? So when it comes down to the consent, the communication, we're going to include all of this in this conversation today. The do's and do's, the do's and don'ts are going to be a little mixed into each category for sure. So education, know about your tools, 
have easy release available. And by that, I mean surgical scissors, not, your, not the kind of scissors you're using to cut cardboard, not the kind of scissors you have in your kitchen. Medical scissors is what you wanna use. Those are specifically okay to put near um, skin. They'll have a little rounded edge on one side and they'll be sharp enough to cut through cloth. It's what they use in hospitals. You can buy them in a medical supply store. You can probably buy them on Amazon. You want medical scissors for cutting cloth, for cutting off different things like, um, they're not the same scissors that you would necessarily cut sutures with. They might be, um, but you want ones that have one side that's a rounded edge so that you can slide it under clothes without cutting the person, especially if it's near their neck, you don't need to be cutting anything near their neck. So we're gonna have easy release mechanisms. Hands is number one, that's a super easy release mechanism, right? Another easy release mechanism is using something that you can just put down and lift off. And one of those easy, easy ways would be something like a silk scarf or a silk tie, but you're not wrapping it around the neck, you're just placing it on and around the neck. And the person can actually control this. As I'm saying this, I can actually visualize how a person can control this. If they have their body so that they're actually pressing into it on their own, then the person receiving the asphyxiation can actually control how much pressure is going on to the tie. Um, and in terms of the way that they can move into it, right? So you can do that lying down, the person's lying down and they can just lift their body a little bit, um, like lift their head into it. And, or they could do it standing up against a wall and they can move into it while the other person holds um, a tie or something that, that like a soft rope. So there are options which are relatively safe in the hands that you can use too. I'm saying relatively safe because this is one of the most dangerous types of kink out there. Um, there are ones that are, that are dangerous as well, but this is highly, highly dangerous um, in terms of like life. <laughs> How you could actually die. Uh, this is one of the top ones you could actually die from during sex play that having sex in cars too um, while, they're dri while driving is pretty unsafe as well. So I'm all about safety. I'm all about using your brains here and pleasure. I'm all for pleasure. And if this, if asphyxiation and auto asphyxiation turn you on, I'm all for that. I just want you to be smart, play wisely and enjoy yourself so that you can live for another day. Can you imagine that? Live for another day, play for another day, have a little bit more fun and uh, discovery, right? So education, learn about the anatomy, feel your own neck, feel where things in your neck, you can feel where the pressure starts to get that asphyxiation feeling. I also encourage you to learn breathing techniques if you're into this so that you can hold your breath for longer. You can do it on your own. Um, as well, so that you can learn to control your breath. Um, I don't think that the person that I do my breath control work would probably be so keen for me to like use their technique in this way. But um, we'll just say that there's there are breath hold techniques that you can work with. Um, you can time yourself and see how long you can hold your breath for. You do some belly breathing in and out. And then you do that for about 30 seconds. You get a little bit um, woozy in a way. You get a little bit uh, 
for lack of a better word, you might feel a little oxygenated in the, in the brain, a little high, and then you hold your breath. And when you hold your breath, you can go extreme, like plugging your nose, covering your mouth to make it a little bit more challenging. You can put your face uh, in a bowl of water too, if you want, so you can get like a sensation of that as well, of uh, what is it like not to breathe. You can train your body to be able to handle it for longer, and that's helpful. And I would suggest too, if you have a cell phone or something where you can set up an alarm that goes off in about 30 seconds, especially if you're new at this, um, you want it to go off to give you a reminder in case you have started to drift a bit. You want something that'll give you a noise that'll wake you up and or hold something in your hand that when you, if you really are starting to go, um, you'll drop it and that noise will wake you up as well. That is helpful for two things. That's helpful for autoerotic asphyxiation and erotic asphyxiation. When you're with somebody, if you have something that you're holding on to, say a bell or something with a noise that when it drops, that person hears it because if you're being choked or whatever, using a, a key word like red, you can't say it because you're being choked. So you need another way to do that. So holding something, um, you know, sometimes holding something up can work, but more than likely dropping something on the ground will make a bigger noise and alarm the person so that they know that that is red. Okay, so get some safety nets in place. We're talking about education, communication, and consent for erotic and autoerotic asphyxiation, the do's and don'ts, here on Inspired Choices Network on the Pleasure Zone, and we'll be right back after this commercial. Are you secretly a voyeur, wondering what's going on in other people's sex lives? What if now is the time for a totally different sexual evolution? Are you interested in people who are pioneers of different sexual and pleasurable practices? Lean in now with Melitza Yelenich, where she will entice you and your body to know your own pleasure zone. On the Pleasure Zone radio show with sensual movement artist Melitza Yelenich, you'll receive tools, inspiration, and a foundation to allow yourself to receive more in your sex life and quite possibly other areas of your life as well. Listen for The Pleasure Zone with Milica every Monday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 7 p.m. Central Time, 6 p.m. Mountain Time, and 5 p.m. Pacific Time on InspiredChoicesNetwork.com. Are you a subject matter expert? Are you here to share your expertise with an audience waiting to hear from you in only the way you can deliver? Are you ready to have your voice amplified across the airwaves? Inspired Choices Network has a global radio platform streaming to millions of people across the world. Professionally produced and supported by an accomplished team every step of the way, you can broadcast from anywhere in the world knowing your voice matters and we ensure it is delivered with ease and efficiency. Eager to hear your message, the world awaits. Contact us today to become an Inspired Choices Network radio host. Email becomeahost at inspiredchoicesnetwork.com. This is The Pleasure Zone with sensual movement artist Melitza Yelenich. To participate in the program today, join our live studio audience in our chat room at inspiredchoicesnetwork.com. You can also make the choice to ask or comment by email, info at melitzayelenich.com. Now, back to the program. 
Welcome back, my sweet pleasure seekers. Tonight we're talking about a very, it's a very edgy kind of conversation. We're talking about erotic and autoerotic asphyxiation. And asphyxiation being um, where you lose your breast. So it's it's a type of breast play. Uh, when it comes to kink and BDSM kind of play. This is a very kinky kind of play that can be dangerous. So there's a lot of information that needs to be out there that needs to be shared. Um, on some of the information that I've read, I questioned some of it uh, earlier because I think there, there needs to be an even more, uh, there even needs to be a more cautious approach to this play so that people are not dying. And one of the things that they talked about uh, in one of the articles I read was you can use belts and you can use chains and you can use this. And, and they were naming a bunch of things that are not easy release mechanisms. Your hands are easy release mechanisms, ties that you're just placing on somebody like on like this part and you're just like that, just pressing it down, not wrapping it around is, a lot easier to release than say wrapping it around a neck and uh, like as if somebody's being hung. That's really dangerous. So um, why I talk about this is because back in the day when I was a kid, I did watch a show uh, and it was either Geraldo, like I was saying, or Oprah and they had the, the parents uh, of children who had killed themselves in the, throes of autoerotic asphyxiation. And I think it kind of haunted me for the rest of my life, the thought that this could happen. Um, and, you know, when it comes to autoerotic asphyxiation, you're doing it to yourself. It is more dangerous because you don't have somebody there to assist you. So there are some things that need to be in place, especially for you and yourself. And one of the things of um, learning how to actually do breath hold techniques so you can learn how to hold your breath longer so that you um, practice with that first. Um, you can learn how to hold your breath and not even have to choke yourself and your body will naturally come back to, to a breathing state at some point. And you will be able to get to the place where you can hold your breath for like four and a half, five minutes, but it's all self-controlled. It's not hanging yourself from a rope um, to try and get that same uh, level of, of rush that goes on. So for a lot of people who are watching this or listening to this, you might be thinking like, what is, like, what is the attraction? The thing is, what is the attraction to anything? So everybody has their own kind of thing that turns them on. And the reason why I do these shows is so we can get education out there and information out there. And for people who are interested in it, they need to know that they're, not everybody is. And because not everybody is interested in it, that if you have a partner who is uh, interested in it and they thrust it on you without you knowing, you got to know that that is non-consensual. These types, all types of play, every type of play requires, even vanilla play, requires conversation first. I, I can't stress that enough because even in vanilla play, somebody just throws themselves on you and starts penetrating you without your consent and you're resisting it and you're saying, no, that would be a violation to your body, right? That would be called rape. 
So always consent, always. Consent comes through communication. Uh, verbal communication is probably the best way to go. I actually know people who are even more um, dedicated than that and they actually have like written contracts and agreements and things. Uh, to me, when you are doing this kind of level of play, like erotic and autoerotic asphyxiation play, mostly erotic, because unless you're having a contract with yourself, which I suppose you could do, um, erotic asphyxiation, any kind of play like this could be really useful to have consent in, uh, in advance. You can actually write your own forms. Um, if you don't have a form and you would like one, you can message me um, through my coaching course. We were given uh, different consent forms for different kinds of play, and I'm happy to share that with you. So if you need a form, let me know. You'll need to message me privately through my website, melitsajelenik.com, and I'm happy to send you that information. So back to the play, uh, back to the education. So we talked about in education that we need to educate about a few things. We need to educate about anatomy. Uh, we need to educate about the different tools that you can use, uh, the safety mechanisms that you need in place, like having something that the person who's being asphyxiated could drop to make a noise, um, that they could bang on to make a noise, that they could, um, different ways that you're going to get the attention of the person that's doing the choking. All right, so you need to be able to get their attention be able to get them to stop when it needs to be. And they need to be super present. They can't be drunk. I would not in a million years do this with somebody who is drunk or high ever. You need somebody who's sober and present because otherwise they're not going to be able to stop themselves necessarily. They could be so drunk to the point where they don't even hear you or notice what you're saying. They could be so high that they're drifting and not aware of you. So presence is important so that you are aware of the communication. If you're the choker or if you're the one being choked, you both need to be totally aware. All right. I know that sounds really logical. Um, however, when it comes to a lot of this kind of play, it's so extreme for people. They sometimes think, I'm going to have to get drunk for this, or I'm going to have to get high for this. I say, no effing way. Do not go there. Be as aware and as alert as you can be, because this is your life that you're taking into your own hands. So presence comes with a clear mind. It comes with a clear body. Um, and the more you can have that, the better. Yeah, I probably just got a whole bunch of people mad for me saying that. Ooh, what's wrong with the drugs? Well, you're not present. And that's just a fact. <laughs> so you're high. That's why they call it high, because you're not here. You're high. You're somewhere else. I've done drugs. I know. I'm not talking from being a judgmental hoe right now. I'm talking from experience. And I know that, you know, being high is not going to get you present. So. We're going to get you into presence and we're going to get you into absolute, definitely know the anatomy, definitely know your tools. And I would test them out. Like if you have a cloth or a tie you're using, you want to check your scissors on that in case you are wrapping it around somebody's neck, because maybe that's what they asked for. Test the end piece of it and see if your scissors can cut it. You want to test these things in advance. You don't want to be like in that moment trying to get it off somebody and you can't because you never even checked to see if your scissors work. 
you want to check all this stuff. You want to test your materials first. You can um, you can check on yourself too. Like you can put cloth on your own neck and test that too and see how it feels. Is it scratchy? Is it uncomfortable? Um, maybe people want it scratchy too. So it depends on the sensation they're looking for. Again, you don't want anything frayed. You don't want anything with frayed metal. Um, I would stay away from metal completely because it's incredibly hard to get off of somebody, especially if you're doing chains, um, putting chains around their neck is going to be really hard to get off. Even if you have a lock and a key, you are not guaranteed to be able to get that off that person unless you've got like metal, metal like um, uh, cutters. And that would not necessarily be the easiest thing to do. That is some extreme level of, of uh, asphyxiation play, erotic asphyxiation play that I do not recommend. Uh, if you're listening to this show, then the chances are you are at, you are not at that kind of like level of play because this is just not the audience I pull in. So this is usually for first timers, experimenting people, people checking out things, people looking for more play, more education, more information. When we talk about consent, uh, consent comes in different ways, verbal agreements in like before the play even happens. Um, there's that you need to have all these these things like this conversation going on in advance like so hey and you can be like hey so like would you like me to choke you right when you're about to come um and if they're like yeah yeah sure so then you just make sure you have the tools in place you can have them right there wherever it is that you are getting your action on you can have them within arm's reach so that you can get them and also the whatever the item is that the person could drop or say hit against the wall so you can get attention or like tap you with uh, would be helpful because sometimes also you can get erotic asphyxiation to the level where the person's even tied up as well and being choked so you definitely need something if their if their hands are um, bound, then or if their legs are bound, and, and if if they're completely bound, that's a whole other level of play on top of choking. You absolutely have to have something where they can give you the signal uh, to stop. So, in in uh, martial arts, we always tap out, like that's gone too far. But if you've never done martial arts, you might not know the tap out single signal. Um, and it's not that obvious sometimes either. So you need to have something that will probably make noise or that you can make noise with. That's what I would recommend. So, all right. So we're, we're talking about erotic and autoerotic asphyxiation do's and don'ts here on the pleasure zone. And when we come back, we'll, we'll be talking a little bit more about some of the communication that you can have, the ways to have consent with this. And we're gonna look at a few other um, things around this topic. So join us again. Uh, we'll be right back here on Inspired Choices Network. Are you secretly a voyeur, wondering what's going on in other people's sex lives? What if now is the time for a totally different sexual evolution. Are you interested in people who are pioneers of different sexual and pleasurable practices? Lean in now with Melitza Yelenich, where she will entice you and your body to know your own pleasure zone. On the Pleasure Zone Radio Show with sensual movement artist Melitza Yelenich, 
you'll receive tools, inspiration, and a foundation to allow yourself to receive more in your sex life, and quite possibly other areas of your life as well. Listen for The Pleasure Zone with Milica every Monday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 7 p.m. Central Time, 6 p.m. Mountain Time, and 5 p.m. Pacific Time on InspiredChoicesNetwork.com. Interested in masturbating for money, copulating for consciousness, and pleasuring on purpose? 21 Days of Sexual Magicism with sensual movement artist Milica Jelenic is an exploration of tools, processes, and actions that you can use to create more for your life, your body, your money inflows, and so much more. Graduated learning for all levels of interest. Learn at your own pace via video classes or join the yearly live class. Take a peek at www.malitzayelenich.com. How wonderful would it be to carry your favorite Inspired Choices Network host with you throughout your day? Well, now you can. Inspired Choices Network now has its very own mobile app. Our free app offers live streaming shows, along with thousands of podcasts and TV episodes. Our shows cover a wide variety of topics. Whether you're waking up with us, carrying us through the day, and taking us to bed with you, we're always here for you to enjoy. We're easy to find. Just search for Inspired Choices Network in the Apple App Store or Google Play Store. This is The Pleasure Zone with sensual movement artist Melitza Yelenich. To participate in the program today, join our live studio audience in our chat room at InspiredChoicesNetwork.com. You can also make the choice to ask or comment by email, info at MelitzaYelenich.com. Now, back to the program. Welcome back, my sweet, sweet pleasure seekers. For those of you who are brand spanking new to this station and to my show, you will find on Inspired Choices Network that there are shows about every topic you can imagine. Heck, you found this topic. So can you imagine what else is on here? We've had shows that include people who do butchers. We've had people who do channeling. We have coaches of all kinds. So check out Inspired Choices Network because you're going to find that if you are looking for podcasts that will just not only educate you, inspire you, they will make you laugh, make you cry. They will get you going. So come on over, Inspired Choices Network, and you can find us on like, like hundreds of different apps. So um, if you happen to be on listening through Spreaker or Spotify or anything, awesome. Come on over to the network as well and check it out because there's always information coming up there as well. And you'll also find that we have um, different uh things available on there as well. Sometimes you'll find that we've got offers going on on host pages through our leaderboards, and sometimes you'll find other things as well, like articles. So there's lots and lots going on. And we're so grateful for all of you listening from all of your different areas. It's so cool that you could be listening, not just from Inspired Choices Network directly, as you can, you can come on directly and listen to us uh, live and join us in the chat room as well to communicate with any of the hosts. 
but you can join us from so many different places. I find it like so cool when I get updates to say, you've had listenership from here and from there, and they're listening to this and they're listening to that. And I love that. I love knowing that you guys are out there listening to content, you're enjoying the content. Um, and sometimes maybe you're listening more than once, which is so cool. If there are topics that you would love me to talk about, I would love to hear it. If you happen to be connected to different um, erotic toy companies or different uh, lube companies or anything that has to do with sex and play, and you think that I would be a great fit to, uh, to work with them, I would be happy to have conversations with uh, any different uh, corporate allies that I could work with to promote their products here on the show. That would be a lot of fun. So let me know if you know, if you happen to know people, I would love to know them. So, okay, so now we're talking a little bit, uh, we talked about a lot, actually, we talked a lot about um, the idea of needing some education, right? So we talked about education uh, and communication. So how do you communicate when you are completely asphyxiated, right? So if you are not bound, which is a great idea not to be, especially your first few times, if you're not having your hands bound or your legs bound, you can do a few things. Um, like have something in your hand that will, if you are being choked, will drop on the ground. So keep one hand where if, if you drop something, it'll make a noise, not, not some cushy carpet that if you drop it, it won't make a noise. You need something set up so that if you drop it, it will either break like uh, something white glass that would break or a bell that if you drop it and it is cushy, at least it'll make a bit of a noise. You definitely want to have something that you have uh, gets the attention of your partner. I also talked about within education, learning some anatomy. Um, so on the sides of the neck, you have some great areas that you can hold. So you just want to, you can, you can learn how to press in there and get a little bit of, of uh, like oxygen that's starting to get deprived from the brain. Do not press on the front area. You know, you can get, there are some areas here you can get into, but right in this very center, um, that can actually kill a person. And right in here, um, right between the clavicles, just above where your clavicles meet, right above that, uh, you might have a little divot like I do, right in that area is actually like a kill place. So in martial arts, if uh, that is one area that I learned as a kill spot. So you don't want to choke anybody in there, super freaking dangerous. Um, I know I actually had somebody try that on me once, but uh, I'm here. I'm still here. So there you go. And that that was not an erotic uh, agreement and it was not in training either. That was a full out strange experience. All right. So, yes, thank goodness. So when uh, when we're looking at these things, communication is key, right? So in this case, the communication happens before the actual uh, asphyxiation happens. The communication will include a conversation. Uh, it'll include a conversation about a few things. Um, one of the things might be like, how long would you like me to uh, hold my hands on you for? And for some people, when it's first at new, it could even just be touch it because you know what, we all have a heck of a lot of auto responses for survival. And if you just go for it, 
with no consent, no information, that person is going to want to kill you back. That's that's probably an auto response, um, I would think, because I had that auto response. It's like, you're trying to kill me? That's not going to happen. So the other the other method would be that when you're when you're doing that is to especially if you've ever had this done in a way that was was non-consensual and you want to try it again and you're thinking okay this partner you trust them um but the truth is it doesn't matter if you trust them you have to trust you number one because you have to trust that you will give the signal um to keep you alive right so uh, you might want to just start with them holding your neck and i personally have a real aversion to that uh, probably for many lifetimes and experiences but i have a, an aversion to things on my neck it it has like an auto trigger that i want to harm the person doing that to me so and i also get that it's highly erotic for other people so i'm coming from the, the standpoint of i want to get the information out of there that no this doesn't this is not my like turn on center. So this is not something that I need you guys to write and go, I really want to choke you because that happens. And I'm like, thanks, but it doesn't turn me on. So even if you want to choke me, I would hope that you would want to choke me because I want it. Um, and it's not actually something that turns me on. So that would not be my first choice. Uh, however, I get it. I get why people like it and I get that having the oxygen deprivation is a turn on because I like doing breath hold techniques for myself because I'm a control freak. I'm definitely Dom, I'm definitely a control freak. I can be sub at times with some people, but it's a rarity. Um, I definitely like knowing that I have choice and that I'm in control of the situation and all subs should be in control of the situation, but that's not always the case. And in this case, if you're the one being asphyxiated, you're the sub and you should be in control of it. That's why I mentioned doing some techniques where you would actually move into the item that would be strangulating you, like the um, well, it's asphyxiating you. Strangulation is actually usually to death. So you want to be um, be able to move into that in your own terms, in your own way, so that you feel confident with that. That's part of the communication as well. It's a body language that you're moving into to enjoy it. The communication could be dropping the item or the thing that makes the noise. The communication could also be tapping on your partner. Um, if your hands are free or kicking them in the groin, it just depends on the situation. <laughs> I don't recommend kicking in the groin unless this is really like uh, not something you were intending, right? In that case, if this is, you know, if this has occurred or has ever occurred or does occur and you are not in favor of it, definitely use your knees if the person's on top of you. And if you can access their face, bite it, because that's what I did and it worked. All right, so you can, yes, this topic is a little triggering. However, <laughs> I'm, I, I'm like full on, I'm in it to win it and I'm in this to educate. So we talked about education, we talked about communication and we talked about consent. So what else is there left to talk about? Um, we're gonna talk about like three different main ways that asphyxiation takes place. So I mentioned like, you know, we breathe out of our nose, we breathe out of our mouths, um, and the air from all of those uh, comes 
starts here in our throats and it comes up through our lungs and out comes through our noses and kind of does a circulation thing. So you can cut off the breathing uh, for a person pretty much completely with when going here. They'll struggle. They'll be able to breathe through their nose for a bit, but um, not for long if you're doing it in the wrong way. You, you, this can lead to death. And I can't emphasize that enough. This can lead to death. It probably has led to more deaths than most other sexual things combined, most other erotic play combined. So um, something to be super cautious and aware about. So there's that. There's also putting things over your head. Uh, so it could be like bags or different things like that. So choking will start to get, you know, the oxygen deprived from your head. Uh, putting a bag over your head will start to get the person really like losing their, their sense of, um, like, like they get woozy. They'll get like, uh, it's in a different way. So they'll probably lose oxygen faster if there's a bag involved or a pillow over the face involved. Um, anything that's very like suffocating and takes both the nose and the mouth um, out, of, out of play. So I don't know if you've ever watched uh, old movies where they go to hang the person. They've often put a bag over the head first, then tie it up. It already starts to get, in a way, it's a weird kindness. It's weird kindness so that people don't have to like stare. Um, probably their eyes pop out too at a certain level of pressure when there's uh, hanging happening. But also the, uh, the bag over the head can have them start to just lose consciousness first. So they don't necessarily feel the drop. Yeah, I'm thinking about weird things like hangman's because a lot of this stuff comes from, you know, probably when I look at it from a, a spiritual standpoint, a lot of this might actually come from lifetimes of being um, strangulated, choked, uh, can be from this lifetime as well. And I'm really keen on heal that stuff. Heal whatever it is first. And if you still have that turn on, go for it. But sometimes what we're doing is we're working out our issues on people and we're working it out through different kinds of play. And it can get wacky and weird. So in the next segment, we're going to talk about some of the things to be aware of that require to be healed before you actually do any of this. Now we're doing it a little backwards. Give me some tools but I really hope that you listen to this next part. You're listening to The Pleasure Zone here on Inspired Choices Network, and we'll be right back after this commercial. Are you secretly a voyeur, wondering what's going on in other people's sex lives? What if now is the time for a totally different sexual evolution? Are you interested in people who are pioneers of different sexual and pleasurable practices? Lean in now with Melitza Yelenich where she will entice you and your body to know your own Pleasure Zone. On the Pleasure Zone radio show with sensual movement artist Melitza Yelenich, you'll receive tools, inspiration, and a foundation to allow yourself to receive more in your sex life and quite possibly other areas of your life as well. Listen for the Pleasure Zone with Melitza every Monday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 7 p.m. Central Time, 6 p.m. Mountain Time, and 5 p.m. Pacific Time on InspiredChoicesNetwork.com. This is The Pleasure Zone with sensual movement artist Melitza Yelenich. To participate in the program today, join our live studio audience in our chat room 
at InspiredChoicesNetwork.com. You can also make the choice to ask or comment by email, info at MelitzaYelenich.com. Now, back to the program. Welcome back, my sweet, sweet pleasure seekers. So before I talk a little bit about the healing that I think needs to take place before diving into this, I want to give you some warnings, um, just some warnings about some of the things that can go wrong. Um, we can go with the idea that if it can go wrong, it probably will go wrong. So some of the weird things that can go wrong is that you, you literally can get like a hemorrhage in your eyeball, which can cause permanent vision loss. You can get a heart attack. Uh, you could have what's there's something called um, aspiration, which is where the vomit goes back into your lungs and it can cause permanent lung damage and risk infection and create a lot of complications. You can have a damaged larynx in your throat. You can have brain damage from lack of oxygen. So I would say this is super, super dangerous play requires a lot of caution a lot requires a lot of information so i'm probably going to talk about this topic several times because i, I think there's not um there's never too much information about things that require warning and i do encourage that if you do like this to get information um if you feel like you would like more information about this or would like me to coach you on other things you can always connect with me at melissajelinek.com and uh we can chat it up. Uh, I have do private sessions. I also have coaching packages available and different courses that are available that you can take with me and through me through an online uh, platform. So I would say that when we look at this, there are so many dangers, there are so many warnings. And I would say also, what is the motivation? So I didn't look at the psychology of this per se, because there's always going to be a psychology behind it. And what I do know, though, is that there's also always something to heal. So when we talk about what is it that's going on for you that has you either desire being asphyxiated or asphyxiating somebody else, what's going on? I would also say that, and I am saying, not that I would say, I am saying, um, I think I, I watch uh, a heck of a lot of uh, Family Feud and they say stuff like, I want to say, and, and they're actually saying it. So I'm saying <coughs> family feud is just changing my mind up. Um, one of the things to be super aware of is that if you're angry, do not do this work. If you are angry at people, if you're angry at specific people, genders or whatever, and you're doing this because somehow it turns you on to watch them suffer, that's not it. That is not the game here. This is not about enjoying watching people suffer. Yes, I get it. Some people are into that masochistic way of looking at, sadist way of looking at things. I am not a, I am, I'm not for that because the suffering, unless the person truly enjoys the suffering and you've had the conversation about this and you've communicated about it and you have a written agreement, I would go that far with that kind of level of play to have a written agreement. I wouldn't do it. But look at your motivation. What turns you on about this? Who are you angry at? Get some of that stuff out of your system. If you don't know how to get that stuff out of your system and you're just freaking mad, again, connect with me. Um, it's one of my greatest pleasures is to facilitate people through their emotional stuff and figure out like, where did this come from? Why am I having this? Like, what is motivating me? 
I, I love working with people to get through that so that they can come from a place where if, the, if you are choosing this play, it's fully for the, your partner, the person receiving asphyxiation, the erotic asphyxiation, that they are receiving pleasure through it, not that you are deriving some kind of um, sadistic pleasure for watching them suffer. Because um, if you're really into that, there's something going on. Um, it might be deeper than lifetimes. It might be deeper than this lifetime. It might be deeper than psychological. It might be biochemical. You might have something going on. So um, yeah, there, there can be, I mean, there is crazy stuff in the world. So that can happen. So find out what it is that motivates you. And if you love receiving this as well, um, and you've never questioned it, I say question everything. I, I question everything. I question like, what is it about me that loves to have my nipples like played with? Like I could have that 24 seven, like, what is it? And I know, I personally know what that is about me. Do you know what it is about you that has you love being choked? So figure that out. If it's that every once in a while, you just need to feel alive and this is your way to do it. Cool. But know what it is. I'm a really big fan of knowing your motivation, what motivates you, what has you choose things. Um, and sometimes as you go through that discovery and I have lots of questions I could ask you on that. When you go through that discovery, you sometimes realize, well, this isn't my thing after all. It's actually because blah, blah, blah in my whole life and this whole situation. And this is actually for healing this situation. And yeah, some of this stuff can be very healing. If you wanna get this in a healing way, you wanna to go to a professional. You want to go to somebody who's trained. You want to go to somebody who's the level of professional that you're paying them. You also, because they will have contracts in place with you, they will have different things in place with you and they will have expertise behind them. And there are experts out there. One of, um, you know, not all experts will be doing the same kind of level of play because they might not agree to engaging in that way, but you can find experts who will do that. So definitely this is the kind of play that requires heck of a lot of information, a heck of a lot of presence. So that drugs and alcohol thing, shoot that out the window and be sober, so stone sober, stone cold sober, and so stone cold present that you would notice if, if you know the tiniest hair on your leg moved. That's the kind of presence you need when you're doing this kind of play that could actually take somebody's life. And um, on top of that, I want you to just really like, even if you've been listening to the show just today and you're like, oh, that brought up some issues, write them down, write them down. And if you're not really sure what to do with what this brought up for you, you can always send them to me through my website. You can send me an email through movitsagelenic.com. You can click on there, send me an email and go like this, all this stuff came up after your show. And if you'd like some hints and tools, I'm happy to do that. Thank you for listening to The Pleasure Zone with sensual movement artist Milica Jelanić. The Pleasure Zone returns next Monday at 8 p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. Central, 6 p.m. Mountain, and 5 p.m. Pacific on InspiredChoicesNetwork.com. We hope you'll join us. Until then, have the best week of your life by choosing to be turned on and tuned in to your body.